Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast, Almost Here, Round the Corner Technology. And today I've got an interview with Sonny Ray, uh, president and co-founder of Unocoin, U-N-O-C-O-I-N.com. And Unocoin, at first glance, appears to be uh, a cryptocurrency based in India. So how are you doing, Sonny? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. So yeah, yeah. we're not a cryptocurrency though, right? We're, uh, we're essentially a brokerage platform for Bitcoin. Okay, yeah, you know, these introductions, I try to make them, but it's far better to have the uh, the interview you do so. So, yeah, if you can correct that and uh, just give listeners a, a, an accurate assessment of what Unocoin does. Yeah, so we're essentially a website where uh, anybody in India can essentially go to and buy and sell Bitcoin. So they can essentially, you know, send it, say, um, a tr- like a electronic money transfer, um, and then upon doing so, we send them Bitcoin or vice versa. If they have Bitcoin and they want to get rupees, they can do so using okay. our platform. Oh, so people could take fiat rupee, rupees and convert it to Bitcoin and vice versa, right? You got it. That's exactly it. And, and you know, that's really the core of our business, right? So that's, like, that's what we do. But then, um, you know, there's a lot of other things that are kind of, that kind of spiral out of that, right? So you can also, from through our website, like, at, at the core, we're essentially like a Bitcoin wallet where you can hold Bitcoin, but you can top up your cell phone. You can, you know, now, because of a lot of different merchant integrations we've done, you can do things like pay for, you know, books online, um, it's Sapna Bookhouse. There's a, there's a whole bunch oh. of different, you know, relationships we've created there where you can now use Bitcoin to, you know, pay for, yeah, different things around, around India. Okay, well, <clears throat> before we get into the history, first of all, how much of a hunger is there in India for Bitcoin? Were you surprised? Is it a lot, a little bit? You know, what's, what led to the creation of Bitcoin? Yes, we, uh, well, okay, so <laughs> what led to it is a big question, but we started our company three years ago, and so when we when we began, um, we were just initially building it for ourselves. We just wanted to have a place where we could go and buy and sell Bitcoin, and then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, today we have like 125,000 users. Um, we're adding between, I don't know, maybe 10 and 20,000 users a month. Uh, our just just three months ago, maybe our web traffic, we were getting about four or five thousand visitors a month. Now we're getting about ten, fifteen thousand visitors a day. Sorry, I'm not not a month a day. Um, so yeah, it's, wow. it's definitely growing very quickly, and uh, you know there's interest. But then at the same time, you know, 125,000 um, out of one point, you know, three billion is not that that uh, substantial. Yeah, but it's definitely getting there, and it sounds like your growth has recently taken off big time. Yeah, we're definitely pleased with it, you know, and uh, it's, yeah, and then we just also closed a, a round of uh, financing um, just recently, so uh, okay. that's also, we're really excited about that now, and we're going to get to, you know, do a, do a bunch of things that we were wanting to do now for quite some time, so we're going to be launching an uh, order book exchange and many, many more things. We just, we actually you just uh, released our mobile app recently. We released an API, and yeah, it's, it's, nice. it's, we're having a lot of fun right now. 
Yeah, so what what's the climate in India that, um, you know, now, how do you see that, you know, you travel a lot and you go to seminars. I just saw you at BTC Miami, which was great. Great presentation, by the way. Um, Thank you. So I would think you have a, a, you know, a view of outside the country and in country. So how specifically does India think about and use Bitcoin? Maybe that's different from other countries. That's a great question. So I've always kind of said there's been three main things that really excite me. Right. So number one, uh, India's, you know, there's a, it's, a, it's the biggest gold market in the world. So if you believe that Bitcoin is digital gold, then you know, and you also, oh, by the way, not just the biggest gold market, but you couple that with the fact that it's also probably the largest IT, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the largest IT market in the world. Now you've got a very, very large group of people who have the capacity to understand, you know, what is uh, Bitcoin. Um, number two, um, India is also the largest inward remitter in the world, right? So more money comes into India from other countries than any other countries, over a, close to $100 billion a year. So now oh. lots of companies sit in between, charge 10 15%, and they make a killing, but, you know, my grandmother <laughs> gets screwed at the end, right? Because she doesn't get, like, her $100 that my dad might send from Canada ends up being, like, you know, maybe $80. Um, so, so we're trying to solve problems like that. But, you know, Bitcoin already technically solves those problems. But the thing is, is that, you know, my grandmother nor my dad are going to want to really learn about Bitcoin. So I, I believe like the next kind of layer is, is where Bitcoin starts to almost disappear a little bit. And you start seeing applications like micropayments and micro remittance, um, you know, where I can just send uh, somebody just $20, but it's like $20, not just, you know, or 20, there's like 200 rupees. It's not just like um, Bitcoin. Do you know what I mean? Um, okay. so, so, so that's why we're releasing our, we just released our API, which essentially allows companies to programmatically kind of plug into our infrastructure so that anything that you can do today on our website, you can do it by our like I said, programmatically. So you can literally build your own interface. So let's say you're building a remittance app. You can have it so that you abstract Bitcoin even completely away from the, uh, you know, from the user, where you, but you're using it as an underlying layer to move value from one place to another. Okay, I see what you mean. So it may not be Bitcoin itself that's going to be the big thing, but the abilities of Bitcoin and the low transference fees and everything, the technology behind it... So you yeah, know, so I'll give you an example, right? Yeah, I'll give you an example. So let's say my dad sends $100 from Canada to India. So he literally, instead of so what the company would do, is they would buy $100 worth of Bitcoin, let's say at an exchange in Canada, and then they would sell it for um, 5,000 5, rupees in India at, let's say, Unocoin, because there's a brokerage, right? That, that's what we do. And so so that, that entire transference could happen very, very quickly if you use Bitcoin. But uh, as opposed to, let's say, SWIFT or traditional networks. So what I'm saying is, right. is that there are companies like Paycase, Circle, uh, Abra, lots and lots of companies that are really innovative and, and, and leveraging the, these kind of you know components of Bitcoin. And it is Bitcoin that's, that's important because without Bitcoin, these things can't happen. But it's, it's, it's a not Bitcoin in the sense that my, my grandmother and my dad aren't actually like having to learn about private keys and public keys and cryptography and you know what I mean? Like they just feel the experience being better for them because it's cheaper and faster to send money. But, but, but it's actually Bitcoin enabling that at a very kind of protocol level layer.
Yeah, and that's probably how it's going to be most successful because, like you said, most people don't know or want to know about the cryptography and blockchain, and they just want to know, I send money, I send it faster and cheaper, and <laughs> you, you know, the recipient gets it. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. You got it. So um, besides remittances, in-country, in what are you seeing that people are doing with your platform? So, so the, I would say if I had to break down our usage, and again, I always preface this by saying that, you know, it's really hard for us to know what people are doing, right, because of the nature of Bitcoin. Like, we don't know. But just through, like, anecdotally and through customer support and just, you know, our, our kind of, you know, uh, what we sense is um, the largest group of people are probably are, are using it as a form of, like, digital gold. Like, so 40 to 50% are people using it as a form of, like, you know, they think that the value will go up as kind of like a long-term investment. Um, you know, there are day tra traders in there as well. But then, um, but mostly, like, yeah, so people who use it as digital gold. The second group of people, which are like 20 to maybe 25%, is people, mostly freelancers, that use it uh, instead of, let's say, PayPal to get paid by their counterpart in Silicon Valley or wherever. Okay, so that's um, yeah, and 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 they tell us like literally they will tell us like, they'll say you know if we before when we were doing this via um, you know PayPal or whatever it would take us four to five days and it would get take to get paid and it would you know maybe a thousand dollars would turn into like nine twenty or whatever, but uh, by using you know Bitcoin and Unocoin they, they or like Bitwage or whatever they'll actually get more than sometimes. A thousand dollars worth of uh, you know rupees, oh, wow. and they'll get it like within a few hours. So that that that's been you know a big thing as well. There's just a lot of like huh. really unique kind of niche cases of things. Like for example, just today I was listening to an interview by uh, the BU guys on Andrew. Have you heard of Purse.io? Yeah, yeah, I talked to Stephen Mackey from there. Yep. Yeah, so those guys are, you know, if you listen to how they've structured their their marketplace, one half of it is like these people and in uh, these people who use mechanical Turk, of which I think fifty fifty to sixty percent of the people are in India, and uh, and they have like this this arbitrage thing going on between Amazon uh, Amazon credits and Bitcoin, and then they come to Unicoin and cash it out and. And and it's just yeah it's 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 interesting to see you know just how like the community is emerging but um, but yeah definitely more and more people are so I'm I'm not saying that Bitcoin itself won't be important I think a lot of people will continue to um, you know use it as a way of kind of yeah of of conserving their wealth right or preserving their, their wealth um, but at the same time I I think the percentage of people as a whole that will decrease I think. I think transactional uses will become more prevalent, and it will be by companies that you know make a conscious effort of abstracting away the complexities of of Bitcoin. Yeah, what's what's the climate like in India? Because you know, as a lot of people may or may not have heard in the news, in November, I guess mm -hmm. the the head of India outlawed the 500 and the 1,000 uh, rupee notes. Yeah. So, so what, sorry, what was the question? So what happened? What have, what have you seen as the um, as a fallout of that? Do you, are people trusting banking less, more? Um, have you noticed um, you know a big uptick in your service? How has that impacted you? Do you think? Well, I mean, okay, okay, in terms of like going backwards from there. So in terms of how our service has been impacted. Um, I'm literally. I'm trying to remember when the announcement was made. Do you remember what the date was? <laughs> uh, it was in November. I believe it was uh, either the 8th or the 18th, but I'll have to check. 
because I was going to say, I, I literally have my um, my numbers in front of me here, so I can tell you. So, our, like, in, in November 8th, I think it was, correct? Uh, sometime in November, yeah. yeah I'm not sure right now, but yeah. Okay, so literally, if I look at um, the time period from November 8th to now versus, uh, let's say, like the time period before that, um, our web volume's gone up 107%. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we've had about, uh, yeah, exactly. So from I look, I'm looking at August 27th to November 7th versus November 8th to January 19th, and it's gone up a hundred over a hundred percent. So yeah, it's like uh, it's gone up quite a bit. Um, yeah, that's been the effect on. I guess I mean you know is that the only thing affecting it? Probably not, right? There's probably like I said, maybe more freelancers using it, maybe more mechanical Turk people are using it, maybe lots of other things are happening. So. But, uh, but yeah, we, you know, I, I don't think that right away, you know, people were thinking about buying Bitcoin because like a lot of people were probably in shock and they probably wanted to just conserve their, you know, just their cash flow and everything um, yeah. for food. <laughs> and, uh, but then, um, but yeah, we think long term it'll have um, an impact because more money will flow into the banking system. And our, our brokerage works in such a way where we don't touch cash. Um, we just work with the banks, so we, so yeah, and 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 so if more money come into the banks, um, then that has like a residual impact on us. What? How is the um? How does the government perceive UnoCoin? You know, have they said anything to you? Um, has the government decided on uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency policy? That's a good question. So that's that's kind of it's hard to. I mean, it's a good thing this is a, a podcast because it's hard to answer that question, um, you know, in like just like a in one breath. But uh, right. but in general, you know, a couple of things have happened. So we launched our company about three years ago um, at an event at like a like an India we call it the Global Bitcoin Conference, um, and we held it in Bangalore, and we launched it at that event. And so about a week following that, there was a notice. And by the way, we had regulators at our event, um, including people from, let's just say all, <laughs> a lot of regulatory bodies, right? Um, and, okay. uh, and, and literally a week after that, uh, the RBI, the, the central bank in India, put out a, um, you can say it like a similar type of notice as a lot of other central banks, pretty much saying that, look, um, you know, we are not the ones who issue these Bitcoins. We think there's some concerns around them regarding volatility, uh, regarding security. Um, and, and, you know, there are like these risks, right? So it's like, uh, like proceed with caution type of thing. Okay. Right. And upon that happening, there was another company that was operating in the space. Um, they had kind of like shut down their doors in kind of preemptively, mainly because, oh. um, they didn't, they didn't quite understand what this notice meant. And they, they were, I guess they wanted to seek legal advice or something. And and they were essentially approached by I believe like the AML uh, equivalent, right? And then about a week later, I believe it was that we our company, which and we had just launched at the time, it was literally like a week ago, uh, three years ago. Um, and we we just we had just launched, and and we were we had about thirty regulators that were at that that had come and you know visited us, and they were from the tax department. Really? Yeah, and oh so, so they they kind of you know were very inquisitive about how Bitcoin works and how you know miners and potentially investors could get taxed in the future but um, but yeah you know it's uh, and since then we've had discussions with uh, you know through our law firm really um, Nishit Desai is one of the top technical legal law firms in the country 
And so they've facilitated, facilitated kind of like industry-wide discussions with um, people at the government. And we're, one of the goals is for this year and, and the next is we're working on kind of a collaborative effort to try and bring together academics and entrepreneurs, investors, people from all over the world really to, to look at kind of the global way of how, like for example, I, I know the gentleman who helped create the, the bit license, right? Um, and so like oh. these are people who could ha- really help in in kind of like looking back and saying, hey, you know, this is what we learned perhaps from uh, from our experiences in other places. How do we um, how do we create something that really works in India? And, and then we're you, actually, um, yeah. mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. Well, going back to the day, you said a week after you guys started, you were visited by a whole bunch of regulators. Yes. How did you not How did you not freak out? What happened in that visit? Wow. You know, well, the truth of the story is, is that I actually, believe it or not, at that time was on the other side of the world. So my wife is from Colombia. And, uh, and so I was literally in Colombia that week. And I've told this story, I think, maybe once or twice before, but I'll never forget it. I actually called, um, I called Sattik, who is the CEO. And I, and I said to him, like, when all this was happening, I said to him, like, you know, like up until then, Bitcoin was like, even in my mind, some to some extent, like you know, it was like, it was like a hobby. It was like something that we were super passionate about, right? I never really thought like, yeah. you know, like when we, how much risk are you, are you really willing to take here? So I called them up and I said, you know what, we don't really need to do this. Let's just kind of close shop, you know, for a little bit and reevaluate, right. and, you know, and we'll, we'll we'll carry forward. And I'll never forget what Seth told me. He said, Sonny, he said, you know, you're you're a foreigner, you're, you're from Canada, you know, so you, 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 you'll probably go start a business somewhere else, you'll do something else, and it'll be fine, um, but he's like, you know, but for, for us, it's like, if we give up on, on this initiative now, like, it's possible that India, like, our entire country might lose out on Bitcoin, and I think it was really that, a decision like that, um, that that kind of enabled Unicoin to happen, and, you know, and allowed it to kind of proceed, and, um, yeah, and you know his philosophy, which in retrospect was right, is, is that we're not doing anything wrong, and you right. know purposefully we had built our 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 brokerage platform in a way in the absence of regulation we built it in a way where you know we knew that that regulations would eventually apply right and and regulations usually apply for. For some reason, right, in, in the sense that you can protect consumers, you can prevent pro- fraud. Um, it's always it's easier if you know who you're dealing with, right? Especially when you're dealing with right, money. Yeah. So we just said, and then plus I I had run my own financial brokerage a long time ago as well, and so I kind of had a sense of like how the banking and the financial world worked. And so and with the guidance of obviously a good law firm in India, we we crafted you know KYC and AML policies and whatnot, and we started working down that path. Um, and I think that's what really differentiated our approach from anything else that was in the market at the time. Almost really this was only just one company, but yeah, and then and a lot of other companies since then have kind of f- followed that model and have you know succeeded as a result. And we're really happy for that. Well, it's a really smart way to do it. Yeah, you know that regulation is going to come, and uh, that's what we were talking about offline before. The you know I see the convergence of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency with the regular financial system in order for it to become widespread. That's just my personal theory, but um, it's smart what you guys did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, why, why do you think that um, you, quote-unquote, only have 125,000 users, even though that's a huge accomplishment? 
out of a country of 1.3 billion, what do you think is the things that are holding back a much more widespread adoption of Unicoin? Oh, you're able to hear me still, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, well, I think there's still. Well, I, I think there's a lot of you know confusion around it, and and you know people often associate it with you know dark markets and and things of that sort. Um, so yeah, I think there's you know I think I, I just think and I think it's somewhat complicated to use as well. It's not very easy to understand. Uh, you know, I just heard you, you you probably heard John McAfee speak about it as well, and he was talking about how mm-hmm. easy it is to just have Bitcoin stolen. Um, yep. So I think yeah I think I think you know I think Bitcoin still got a long way to go but that also really excites me because you know as an entrepreneur as an engineer um it's just that that's just like an opportunity right um yep. yeah so I think I think I think it's very exciting I think just like you know for the last three years now um uh we've just been kind of building our our like our base infrastructure but now we're starting to see that you know there's just so many different um like possibilities with Bitcoin, <laughs> you know, it's just like the sky's the limit. Yeah. Well, another, another question, um, you know, China is the biggest place where mining happens, but India has a population, you know, similar size. Do you feel like India is going to have to take on a big role in mining in order for it to, uh, you know, for Bitcoin to be widely used there, or you think no big deal, China will handle it? I think I think uh, well I, I think the way the network is set up is that wherever it makes sense for it to be handled it'll be handled. Um, I, just personally speaking, we used to we we tried mining back in the day um, and we actually lost money um, in that venture and we you know we, we we took a fairly I would say you know respectable attempt at it and uh, and yeah electricity costs are are not really that low in India. So if you do the math, I actually knew we would lose money before we did it. I even told um, Sustek and my business partners, I said we we're going to lose money. But the important thing was was that we learned um, along the way, and we learned about Bitcoin, we learned about you know everything, how to work together. And so yeah, so I, so I, I don't know um, now. Your question about do I believe that India needs to play a more? Hey, look, I think yeah, I think where it where it makes sense, it, it'll happen. Like, um, you know, I, I'm originally from Canada. Like, maybe it needs to happen uh, up in the Arctic or in the snow somewhere, right? Where you don't need to pay for air conditioning. Uh, um, I'm not so attached to yeah, it needs to happen here or there. I just I trust in you know proof of work and how how Bitcoin operates. And then right now, it just it obviously seems fairly sensible or, you know, I don't understand quite exactly the mechanics of how it's working, but in China, but, but it seems like it is. So, um, all the power to them, but, but it's also happening elsewhere too, right? It's happening in a lot of other places. Like we were just at uh, the conference yesterday in Genesis mining. I don't know where, do you know where he runs his, his rigs? Like I thought it was in like Houston or is it, is it all over the United States or do you know? Summer in uh, Iceland, summer in the U S some are in South America. They're they're pretty distributed. They want to, you know, they're concerned about security and all that. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So yeah. So, so I don't know. I like I said. I I, I do think it's better if it's more distributed. But uh, but but it is what it is. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. I don't have a specific view though in terms of like India. 
you know gotcha, more right. or less involved in in it. Um, I, I think there are some. I think there are some initiatives that have popped up in India that are around mining, but I'm actually very skeptical of of them and, and, and the type of returns are promising. Um, and so I'm not, uh, yeah, so, but, but I do think, yeah, if, if, if somebody can figure out the math and, and the logistics around it and they can do it at scale, then, then maybe it makes sense. Hmm. Well, stupid question, but in India, they just call it Bitcoin with an accent or uh, do they give out, have other names for it? Or <laughs> No, they just call it Bitcoin maybe with a slight accent, but uh, yeah, they just call it Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah, so for Unicoin, what's the path ahead? What do you think is going to be the biggest growth points in 2017? And would, where do you guys want to uh, take this this business? So we're going to be, so we launched our mobile app, uh, which we're super excited about. Um, yeah, we were quite surprised uh, in terms of the number of people that, uh, you know, that, that are already starting to use it. Like I think more than 10, 15% of our user base, or our volume is already coming from from that. And so... Yeah, so we think that uh, you know that that's an exciting area. Um, our, like I said, our API we just launched that. We've got a ton of companies. The surprising thing is, it's okay. So we have a ton of companies that we know and a lot of people know, and we're kind of you know we're developing relationships with them, and that's happening. But what we're surprised more by is, is that there's a lot of companies that we just don't even know, you know, in terms of like we'd never met them before, at least, and. And, and just different ideas popping up in different companies, you know, trying different things. So that's what we're really excited about as well, is like just um, all the things that we never thought of um, now ha- starting to happen. And then uh, last but not least, we, we haven't launched it yet, but we've been testing it now for months. We've been, we're, we're about to launch an order book exchange, which is going to be really awesome. Oh, tell me about that. What, what's that going to be? An order book exchange. So right now we're like a brokerage platform. Kind of like, um, yeah, the way Coinbase used to be, where you just go in and you buy or you sell. Um, yeah, but uh, but we're now working towards an order book where where you where we match like buyers and sellers in real time. And oh, so okay. You know, a yeah, market maker. Yeah, like, do you use like have you used Bitstamp or GDAX or I don't know, like any of the like exchanges like Bitfinex? They're they're all order books. Um, and there's literally yeah, like Kraken. Like, what, Kraken. Yeah, like for instance on Kraken, you could do um, market order or limit order, you you know, and you could see the bid and ask and all that. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna. So, the, so we didn't start with that because we we, we felt like it was a, a complexity that that was unwarranted and you know just I guess invited um, more regulatory risk and and just yeah and just and, you know just but now you know now that now that um, you know three years in or whatever we we think that this is something that's gonna definitely help um, our users. Is there any guidance from the government of India on taxes, on the legalities of this, on you know any of it, or what, what do they have to say about it? So so far, the the government has said that they're taking a wait and watch policy. Um, you know, there's been some really really positive commentary coming out of the central bank RBI, like literally telling the banks that look, you need to look into the technology behind Bitcoin, like blockchain hmm. could revolutionize, like they could it could help us with 
you know, preventing like counterfeiting and like, I can send you articles about it. Um, there another thing that I always like mentioning, and it's unfortunate, but Raghuram Rajan is now the former, um, you know, uh, he's a former um, central banker, right? But uh, and, he, and if he ever hears this, <laughs> like we'd, I'd love to meet him and talk to him. But this, this okay. there's um, so unfortunately the new person I think just came in. They I guess they haven't you know really had a chance to say much about Bitcoin. They've probably got a lot more on their mind than, than that right now with the demonetization. But uh, but the former governor, um, he is a very interesting guy. He's like an I, he's an electrical engineer from IIT, grad, uh, from IIT, which I don't know if you've heard of, but IIT is like uh, a top-notch engineering school in India. Um, it's okay. kind of like the MIT. It's also, uh, he was also the chief um, economist at the IMF and had, um, he also graduated from the Chicago, he's kind of like from the Chicago School of Thought where he believes in free markets and, you know, and less government intervention, etc. And so he was asked on national television, and, and oh, and, and most importantly, he had predicted the financial crisis before it happened, and is you know had written books about it, <laughs> and um, and and so so yeah, so this so he was asked about um, Bitcoin on national television, and there's like a YouTube video that I can share with you after as well, where okay. he responds saying, look, um, look, we have concerns like volatility, security, like we said you know months ago or years ago, but uh, but. Um, he said that look, but and then the, the reporter even goes to ask like, are you planning to ban it or anything? He's like, no. He's like, we're not going to ban it. He's like, we're, he's like, we believe. And he goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing, so you know, <laughs> he says that we believe that the future of you know India is of something like of this nature, right? Like whether it's Bitcoin or something like Bitcoin. Um, and so that's I think that's very exciting, you know, because he's got like engineer, he's got an engineering background, so he kind of gets like technical matters and he kind of made an analogy to like credit cards versus like, you know, when it was all cash based society. And so I think that, yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> um, there's, there's hope, right. Um, but at the same time, I think there's always a risk and, and in terms of, you know, there's so many regulatory bodies and, and how do you know that you, maybe you've talked to the right five people in five departments, but someone else, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, read something and and decides that you know. So it's really difficult to be very confident and you know say things with on with with great amounts of certainty. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, in the U.S., the IRS considers Bitcoin, uh, you know, one thing; the SEC, another thing; Finra, another uh, thing. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Here, it's I, all I over the place. Say, I was gonna say, I was gonna say one thing though. So one thing we. We've done so. We've already there's already a white paper that our law firms put together that literally breaks down every regulatory body, right? So RBI and FEMA. And, I mean, um, uh, the, the, all the different uh, regulatory bodies and addresses all of their kind of high level concerns. We're working on something more comprehensive, but um, but um, the thing I was going to say is is that we do encourage users and just like ourselves, we encourage people to use common sense. And what we mean by that is, for example. Um, like, for example, we're not required, I don't think, anywhere to charge sales tax or anything like that, but we do. You know, if we make money, we pay taxes to the government. Um, so, for example, like a user, if you buy Bitcoin and you're an investor and you have some asset appreciation and, you know, there's a certain percentage in capital gain tax that you need to pay in your country, 
well, you should probably pay it, you know, um, if there are yeah. certain rules in place where you shouldn't break in terms of capital controls and not move, you know, um, lots and lots of money outside of the country, well, then you probably shouldn't break it. And then Bitcoin is not, we don't believe a great tool for trying to run away from these kind of things because, you know, it's fairly trackable as well. And, and so if you do make these mistakes, then, then you're, then, yeah, then you could get in trouble. Yeah, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And again, the, the approach you guys are taking is very sensible. Um, it'll keep it from falling. You know, it'll it'll keep the perception that it's associated with bad or under, you know, or, or black market type activities away. So it's good that yeah. you guys do that. You embrace I mean, it. And, and, and our goal, like my goal from the beginning, has always been like I always tell people, it's like if you really want to do something like bad or negative or whatever, like you know, that's like illegal. Like use cash. Like don't use Bitcoin. Like if you want to give money to your grandmother or like make a donation to like a cause, you should use Bitcoin, right? Because uh, yeah, we should use it for I think I think things that are positive. Okay. Well, very good. Any um, any other points that you think is important for us to talk about? Um, not really. I mean, if, I mean, you asked a, a bunch of really great questions. Uh, yeah, no, not really. I think, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, having me on uh, on the show. Yeah. All right. Well, Sonny Ray, uh, president and co-founder of Unicoin. Uh, thanks for taking the time to do the show. I appreciate it. And it's been a good interview. Okay. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.